My name is Rick Napier, the president at 321 Biz Development, and 321 Biz Dev is a sales system and business development consulting firm supporting white-collar small business owners, blue-collar small business owners, and no-collar small business owners who sell big-ticket products and services. Our website is 321bizdev.com, and 321Biz Development Podcasts can be found on 22 podcast platforms. Today's guest is Tanya Nebo. She's the principal attorney at Nebo Law Firm, LLC, located in the big city of Atlanta, Georgia. Before I bring on Tanya to talk about herself, I just want to read a short bio on Tanya. Tanya is a straight shooter, and she will tell you the truth. Totally compassionate, but without sugarcoating, Tanya's aim is to provide clients with support, guidance, and practical solutions to bring clients' business goals to fruition to expand the current vision. Tanya's parents are immigrants from Liberia, West Africa. When she was three years old, Tanya's parents started a beauty supply business in St. Paul, Minnesota, a business that still exists today. Tanya grew up seeing the benefits of small business and learning that entrepreneurship is the game changer to level the playing field. Tanya believes business ownership requires dedication and much sacrifice. Creating and building a business and law practice to assist individuals and companies with legal matters, Tanya knows the value of entrepreneurship firsthand. So without further delay, I would like to welcome to the 321 Biz Development Podcast, Tanya Nebo, Principal Attorney at Nebo Law Firm, LLC in Atlanta. Hello, Tanya. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good on the West Coast here. It's the, the rain has finally stopped after three weeks of continuous rain. So California is now drying out and California can proceed as normal. You're back to back to the way things used to be, huh? Yeah, exactly. Good or bad. <laughs> so, so anyway, I want to thank you for being a. I want to thank you for being a three, two, one biz development guest. I have a few questions to ask you about yourself and your Atlanta law firm. So here's my first question, Tanya. Please tell us a little, or please tell our listening audience a little about Tanya Nebo. And what were some of the past, what were some of your past occupations before starting Nebo Law Firm LLC? Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for the introduction. Um, you covered um, a good bit of, of what I'm about. I'm, I am definitely someone who is um, compassionate, but uh, very much a straight shooter. And that's really a lot of the value um, that I bring to to my clients is, you know, being honest and forthright, but still being very much aligned with um, and connected with what it is that their aims are. So um, that's a, a big part of who I am. I also, um, you know, I've been an attorney now. I've been licensed since whew, 2005. So I've been in, in this, as an attorney, been in the legal world for a, a while now. And before then, though, I, I've done, an, I did a number of things. I've been, um, 
been an escrow agent, uh, escrow assistant, actually in there in California on Wilshire uh, Wilshire Boulevard. I was I worked at um, Wilshire Escrow Company, and um, that was kind of when I spent the most time initially, you know, learning about real estate. It was a great opportunity there. Been a paralegal. I have been in sales, and you mentioned my parents' store, so I started in sales. Basically, <laughs> I started working in a store and having, you know, parents who were teaching me, you know, how to use a pricing gun and how to speak to uh, customers and how to make sure that the store and the products looked were well presented. So that really was where I started with retail sales. And then when I was 16, my father, you know, he said, listen, actually, I was 15 and he said, you're going to have to go see what it's like to work for somebody else. So he basically fired me, I guess. And uh, although he let me still work for him sometimes, but um, but he said you're gonna have to go see what it's like to be with somebody else. And I ended up going to get a job at the Bloomingdale's at the Mall of America. So I did what a lot of teens do, and you know, do their retail stuff. And um, I've also worked at a tech company um, as a senior lease analyst, uh, the attorney. You know, my title included attorney, and um, and being a lawyer, being a commercial real estate franchise and business attorney. So when it comes to my work life and my professional life, that is what I am about. Um, and then I, I like to do things like travel and play tennis, and I love a luxury hotel. That's a little nice, bit about nice. how you <laughs> I have to connect you <laughs> with my, 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 my friend of in Las Vegas. Uh, her name is Georgette, and she would be happy to connect with you. She's a, a big real estate broker there in, in Las Vegas. But I also want to say that it seems like a, a lot of people that we interview that live in on the East Coast, they, I would say the majority, Tanya, have some type of California past connection. So thank you for sharing that you worked on Wilshire Boulevard on the way to Beverly Hills. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience. Yeah. So here's my next question, Tanya. Um, a lot of people, when they're they're young and they're they're going to college, they have to pick an occupation or industry to work in. What were the motivating factors that caused you to make the decision to become a lawyer and start Nebo Law? Okay, so as the theme for this conversation, right, it's going to be straight shooters. So, Rick, I'm going to just shoot shoot it straight to you. And that I'd love to be able to say that I've known since I was a child that I wanted to be a lawyer and I wanted to debate. My, that would not be true. I actually went to college. I went to Columbia for um, undergrad, and I showed up there thinking I was going to go to medical school. And um, and I took general chemistry like all of us are supposed to in the beginning. And I got my butt kicked and I was like, I don't think this medical school thing is going to work out for me. So I got to do something else. And I, um, I just, you know, to look for other things that were interesting to me, I guess, did the same exploration that, um, you know, people that age do. And, um, you know, and frankly, when you go to a school like that, you, you know, you many of us are either you know thinking about med school engineering law school or something like that at least back then right now it's probably 
pretty different. But um, I was much like the others for whom, you know, if medical school wasn't working out, it's probably going to be law school. So I went down that road. And to be honest, um, you know, after when it was senior year and I was, you know, taking the LSAT and I was getting all ready, actually, I think I actually was already um, had been accepted. Uh, at the time, I was, um, it was between the University of Michigan and the University of Virginia. And I called my father and I said, you know, I'm kind of tired. You know, I've been doing the school thing for a while and I work hard and stuff. So how about I just take a break, you know, like a year gap, whatever, you know, that whatever. And he is like, are you crazy? <laughs> no, take a break. And he goes straight. So he, he probably said, listen, young lady, <laughs> you're going straight to law school. And that's what I did. Now, I will say, though, and I, I tell people who are considering law school, I say, if you, ha- if you desire to take a break, go ahead and do it before you go to law school. So I didn't go about it that way, but that's how I did it. And fortunately for me, you know, things ended up working out where, you know, go to law school, went to a great law school, and initially I wasn't actually going to practice. Um, but I discovered, you know, that I loved, loved, loved you know, the real estate piece, and I was out in California working and all of that, and I thought, well, this is very cool, but I'm going to have to practice if I want to do this in the state of Georgia by law, Mm -hmm. because you know how you all in California have escrow companies and and in the south, and you have title companies in the north? Well, Mm -hmm. not every state is like that, right? Some states require closings and, um, you know, closing transactions to be done by attorneys, and Georgia happens to be one of those states, and I liked Atlanta, because I had lived there briefly before, and um, in order to do what I had been doing, I had to be licensed, so I got licensed, and then it was just... You know, I, people learned about what I did and I, you know, was attracting a lot of kind of people who were into business. And I thought, well, this is, this is the life I grew up with. I grew up with entrepreneurs and in an entrepreneurial setting. And I just started helping more and more entrepreneurs. And, and that's, that's who I have a heart for. I literally, you know, it's literally in my blood and that's what I grew up doing. And so it all really just worked out for me. I, like I said, I wish I could have, I could have, I could tell you that I had it all scoped out and, and all figured out when I was young and just went on this path and, and made it to, you know, had a linear uh, arrival <laughs> to where I am, but that's not really what happened, but it did work out and it worked out wonderfully. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, just listening to you. Just listening to you over these last few minutes, I can tell that you are very uh, passionate about law. You, uh, I can tell it's in your soul about law and real estate and the other uh, services you provide at Nebo Law. So I can I can feel it, Tanya. I feel it. <laughs> Seriously, I'm glad <laughs> you, you're very happy you know, about if, what if you I, do. I am, and and I, if I could just add that it's 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 not even so much that I'm passionate about the law. My passion is it, it, it includes the law because law is a way to provide solutions. So I care even you know beyond the law, I like to help people have solutions. Like I like to provide solutions. And so the thing is sometimes the solution is for us to go a legal route and I'll say, okay, under the law, you can do X, Y, and Z, and this is what you know I think you should do. There are other times when I say, you know, you could do this, under the law, but is that going to get you where you want to go? Is that actually going to accomplish your aim? And that's what I care about. Which, what direction makes the most sense for what the person is trying to do? So 
I like the the provide the provision of solutions, and sometimes it is just law. Other times it's just practical, good business. You know what I mean? Nice, nice. So Tanya, here's my uh, my next question: In your daily yeah. law practice activities, what types of legal inquiries do you normally receive? I know you have several practice areas, so please spend a few minutes on each one of these, um, each one of the the areas that you that you serve. What do you normally see in those areas? What kind of people come to you to ask for your help? Okay, so first I'll just highlight, you know, the the practice areas that we have, and um, we are not generalists over at the Nebo Law Firm. We have our lane, we have our zones, and we we stick to them. And do we do what we do well? We that's what we do, and we don't try to dabble in a bunch of other things. So our main areas are uh, business acquisition, franchise commercial real estate and some, you know, in general business. Okay. So no criminal, no, um, you know, no family, none of, none of that stuff. We focus on business, entrepreneurs, transactions. That's, that's our lane. So when it comes to the business uh, acquisition, we get a lot of people who are, are buying a business. Um, many times it's for the first time. Um, and it may not be their first foray into entrepreneurship or into business, but they are this. This is their first time purchasing an, uh, a going concern business that you know that is in operation. And um, we have a number of clients where they're going into these transactions, but they have already been very successful in some other fields. Okay, so maybe, like I said, it may be that they were in business already, but oftentimes too, they are professionals. They have been, you know, they've done very well as a doctor or a dentist or a, um, you know, in a management position in corporate or something like that. And they know that they want to get into entrepreneurship and they just don't want to start from scratch, which I don't blame them, right? There are benefits to buying something that already exists, that already has employees, that already has cash flow and a brand, et cetera, et cetera. So they say, okay, you know, they want to go in that direction, and we're here to help them quantum leap into entrepreneurship by skipping all those things that one would have to do if they were starting from scratch. And they come, and what's what, what's good is that they say, you know, I know I've never done this before, so I need guidance. So even though they're great at what it is that they do, they come to us knowing that this is what we do and we are good at this and we can provide the guidance that they need for something that they've never done before. And oftentimes these are transactions that, you know, um, to, to your point about, you know, who you, who you serve, um, these are transactions that involve a significant amount of money for them. So, you know, it can be, I mean, it could start on the lower end. It could be, you know, they might be doing a, a acquiring something that might be $50,000 or so, but then it also goes into the millions. And there are a bunch of different elements that are associated with the transaction like that, which is one reason why I really like the business acquisition deals because it involves both the, it involves, you know, just understanding how to, you know, construct or design an asset purchase or a stock purchase transaction but also it's going to involve commercial real estate which is one of our you know one of our lanes it also will and likely involve entity formations or entity structuring depending on um, you know how that person or that group of persons is going to acquire that business and then if that business also happens to be a franchise it incorporates the franchise element so what's cool for us is, a, is that the business trans, the business acquisitions involve several areas of practice and it's a really comprehensive kind of 
transaction, and that's cool. You know, for us, that's cool. That's fun. Um, so, you know, if I were to kind of break that transaction down again, it would be, you know, the franchise element. If they're purchasing a franchise, people will come to us when they're, they might not be buying an existing franchise or an existing business. They instead are saying, you know, I want to, there's this corner in my neighborhood really should have a tropical smoothie, and I want to put one there. But I don't know anything about franchising, and franchising is a major endeavor. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know how familiar you or your listeners are with franchising, but, you know, an, an initial franchise fee can be anywhere from, you know, I mean, on the low end, it could be, you know, maybe $10,000. But on the high end, you're looking at, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, and that's if you're buying one unit. Now, if you're going to do a development deal where there's going to be three, you know, you'll be doing three, you know, usually that's you do the first one and then you do the other two in consecutive years thereafter. But you're paying, you know, well into well over a hundred and something thousand dollars just to get the opportunity to open the business. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that. Like, that doesn't include any of the build-out. That doesn't include any of the, your legal fees. Your, it includes nothing else, just the opportunity to, to get into the opportunity. So people come to us knowing that they've got a lot at stake and um, a lot of money, a lot of risk, um, and a lot of time. And, um, and, again, if they've been successful in, in an endeavor in the past, they have something to show for it, and they probably have some assets that they don't exactly want to lose, right? So mm-hmm. we get a good number of those folks, and we help them through that process of, um, you know, evaluating that franchise concept that they're considering and making sure that they understand what they're getting into. A lot of times franchisees will not realize what it is that is involved with becoming a franchisee, and some of that is because the documentation is frankly overwhelming. You know, a franchise disclosure document, which a franchisor has to deliver to every potential franchisee that, you know, is considering their concept, that document is usually a minimum of 150 pages. Um, some of the larger concepts or the more um, popular ones that you've heard of are several hundred, hundreds of pages. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts, I think theirs is like 500 or something like that. But um, that's an intimidating document for a lot of people, you know, and, and some of it's exhibits, right? But, but it's outlining what the business model, you know, what that particular business concept is about. It also includes an example or the template for the franchise agreement. And, I mean, it is a ton of information. And when you hand that over to someone and, and say, here's the information about us and, you know, figure out what, what you think about it, um, you know, people who are not familiar with franchising and, frankly, people who aren't used to reading that volume of information, they need help. And we're here to help them. So we offer a service called the Franchise Disclosure Document and Franchise Agreement Review. We do it on a flat rate basis. And we make that, you know, 200 to 300-page document we put it into bite-sized pieces and we distill it down to about 17 pages or so. And we identify what risks someone might be facing, some things that they should, um, you know, things that are normal in that particular, you know, set of documents, things that are unusual, things that should be posed, questions that should be posed to the franchisor or clarified with the franchisor. Our aim is to make, to reduce the overwhelm that people feel and to be an ally for them as they are going into this process so they know that someone who does know what they're doing is walking with them, right? And then we've got the commercial real estate piece, and with that we do commercial lease 
negotiations and reviews. Then we also do commercial real estate closings. And what people come to us, well, I'm actually delighted that people are people do come to us for their commercial lease reviews because it means that they're one step ahead of other people who don't realize how negotiable commercial leases actually are. That's mistake number one with um, people who are going into business and going into it blindly is not realizing that the commercial lease is highly negotiable. So I love that people come to us and ask us for our help, and we walk them through that process. We explain things. We redline leases. We go back and forth with the landlord's attorneys, and we fight for them. You know, we fight for them for things that they didn't even know that they should know about or should ask for. But that's why they pay us, right? We should be providing value in a way that they otherwise would not be able to provide for themselves. And then lastly, with the closings, um, you know, another element of our commercial real estate practice, we do, you know, commercial real estate closings, and um, it's a different, it's definitely a different kind of beast. Um, not like your your run-of-the-mill purchase of a home. It's very different. There are a number of different elements, and you don't have the same, you meaning, when I say you, I'm talking about the the buyer does not have the same protections that it otherwise that the buyer otherwise would have in a residential context because it's not consumer based. If you are going to go into commercial real estate, the presumption, you know, when it comes to regulations and, and laws and protections, is that you you're you you know you're playing in a bigger game now. If you want to be in business, then you need to act like a business person. You need to be prepared to pay to have certain things um, checked on the property. You need to pay to have you know, professionals uh, assist you with it. You need to come to the table understanding that this is a business transaction and they're not just going to provide the, you know, the kinds of consumer protections that would otherwise be in place when it comes to a residence where people, you know, where it is expected that people should, you know, people have a, should have somewhere to live, but people have no mm -hmm. right to be in business necessarily. So if you're going to go in that direction, they expect you, you know, it's expected that you come to play and you know what you're doing, or at least you find the people who help you, and they know what they're doing. That's a long rundown, isn't it, Rick? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I mean I, I, I'm getting close to getting back in the real estate industry, and my, my spouse is a, is a realtor, too. And um, just listening to you talk about the three areas that you provide services, the service areas that you provide your legal counsel to, I can tell you know exactly what you are doing. That's why I didn't interrupt because <laughs> I, I can tell you know exactly what you're doing. And when we upload this podcast episode, everyone that is looking for, for one or more of those three service areas where you help, where you provide legal counsel, they need to pick up the phone and you need to call Tanya Nebo. I can tell already. Thank you know, I told you I worked in corporate America for 12 years, and I can I when when I'm listening to people talk about what they do, and I just want to give you a, a great uh, commendation. Most people can't talk like you about what they do. Right? I mean, I, I've interviewed 100 people, over 100 people so far in the last se seven years. Only a few people can can describe what they do at the same level that you are right now, Tanya. I kid you not. Well, I really appreciate that. I really do. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yep. Like I said, I was a vice oh, president at a Fortune I... 500 company, and I can tell when people know what they're talking about. Love it. I appreciate that. 
And I do want to add that people people often ask, you know, they say, well, can you help franchisees in, you know, anywhere? Because your, you know, your office is in Atlanta. And the, and the answer is yes, we can help franchisees anywhere in the country. Um, franchising is governed by the Federal Trade Commission. So with that, um, we can help you anywhere. That's a great point. I didn't know that. So that that's great. Mm-hmm. So you may get phone calls from all over the country now. We love That's it. We sure. love phone calls from all over the country. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, here's question four, my fourth question. All right. So are you finding clients need a Nebo Law legal advice and direction for issues to proactively minimize negative business outcomes or are your services requested for mistakes people made beforehand and now they're trying to clean it up and they're trying to reduce the negative impacts? Oh, that that's a oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> that's a really good question, and um, we get a little bit of both. I'll tell you where we get most of the um, the proactive oh, proactivity comes from people who have like like yourself. You know, you 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 were a vice president in in, a, in corporate America, and a lot of the people who are coming from corporate and wanting to start on their entrepreneurial journey. They know they need some direction, and so and they and they know it's new, and so they say, you know, what, I just want to go about this the right way. I want to start this business, whatever the nature of it is, and I know I'm going to need some documentation. And how should I form my entity? How should I do things? Those are generally the people who are proactive, but then we get a whole bunch of folks <laughs> who start fires and then come to us to put them out, and. You know, I mean, that's what we're here to do, right? It's help people. <laughs> it's help people put fires out and to kind of get folks on on a path where they're um, feeling better about where they are. Um, and I'm happy to, happy to do that. Where I do have a challenge, though, is when, um, you know, you started this fire, you came over here to have us help you put it out. We say, well, take this fire extinguisher and this is how you put it out. And then you go and do something else. Or you ask, you know, a thousand <laughs> questions while your fire is burning, and and then you actually make the you throw a little bit more gas on your fire, and say, but no, let's we, no, I really want to put this fire out. Mm-hmm. So, I really, you know, like I said, we get a mix. Some people are proactive. Some people are trying to kind of put fires, um, or you know, they've done a little something, and. And actually, I should say there's there's a range. There's the people who are proactive from the beginning. Then there's the people who kind of started something, like maybe they're going to do a purchase of a business or a purchase of a commercial real estate property, and they've done that letter of intent. So they, they did that document, but then they realized, you know, I'm, I'm over feeling like I'm about to be uh, over my head here. Now I'm going to get help. Okay, so they didn't do it at the beginning, but they did it close enough to the beginning where it's just it's it's all right it's fine but then there's the ones that i just described who <laughs> where things are kind of falling apart and sometimes they make it even worse and again i do not have a problem with that as long as you know you're aware we're, we're, we're trying to help here so please <laughs> work with us as we are trying help me help you that's all i can ask that's exactly I- so here's here's my next question tanya for each um, Nebo Law Service, why should individuals or business owners contact you? Well, they should contact us because we provide extraordinary service and actually have genuine concern. 
Okay. Now I know if people have options, right? There are a lot of people who, who we, you know, we're transactional attorneys. So there's a lot of transactional attorneys out there. But what makes us different is the level of service that we provide. And, you know, a lot of people say that. Um, but what, what you might not know is that the largest, the biggest complaint that people get from, that the state bar gets is that and the attorneys are not responsive. And this is not mm -hmm. just Georgia. This is yeah, it's all over. I, yeah, I've heard that, those comments in yeah. California. There you go. Yep, that the attorney's not responsive or the attorney just abandoned um, the matter or the case. And um, I don't believe in that. You know, it's, I think it's important to be responsive to people. Even when we can't help, it's our aim to at least try to refer you to someone. You know, and I don't always have a referral, but sometimes I do. And it's my aim to at least try to get you going in the right direction. Um, you know, re returning phone calls, being available. And I'm not always available, but... Um, you know, I want it's someone from the staff or so. I, I just want people to feel like they have, um, you know, that, that they can get the attention that, that they need. Um, and also when I said, you know, genuine concern, as I, I hope it comes through in what I'm saying and, um, and how I'm saying it, I truly care about providing great solutions for people. And again, that could be, you know, if there's, if there's some kind of a conflict of some sort, it might be me saying, okay, this is what you can do under the law. Or it might be saying, why don't, this is, this is your family member. Do you, mm -hmm. it, before you blow up this relationship over this business, why don't you, why don't you all go to dinner and maybe you give it one more shot? That's, mm -hmm. that's not a statement that serves me. Right, especially mm -hmm. when the person said, call, comes to me and says, I want, you know, send a demand letter to these people because I'm upset and blah, blah, blah. Well, um, I could just say, okay, yes, please, here's my retainer, pay me my retainer and, and I'll prepare the demand letter. So I will make a statement that's not in my best interest and say, well, no, why don't you, why don't you try this? Consider it. So, Tanya, here's my, um, here's, here's one of my last questions, or actually my last question. And I want to thank you for for being a guest today on the 321 Biz Development Podcast. Please provide some closing comments about Nebo Law. Okay. Um, well, at Nebo Law, as I said, we provide practical solutions. We're obviously very competent and care about the, you know, the, the level of service that we're delivering. And we focus on what we do well. We do business, commercial real estate, business acquisitions, franchise. Those are our areas, and that's what we focus on, and that is what we do well. So I would love, love, love to, um, you know, to hear from folks who are trying to, you know, maybe they're wanting to enter into entrepreneurship for the first time. We've helped people literally go from, you know, corporate folks one day to the next day, and this is not an, this is a real story, the next day owning three franchises. So mm -hmm. this is what we can do, and um, and we're here to, to help people on their entrepreneurial journeys and their you know forays into to commercial real estate so yeah. well i tell you what uh, based on what i do and based on what you do i can tell you people really need your help because making that transition from corporate america or even you know not having any type of business experience but maybe you got a lump sum of money and you say i want to start mm -hmm. a business i want to buy a franchise and Maybe the person has nothing on their 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 personal or professional resume that would put them in that position to be successful. So they definitely need your help. Definitely. Yeah. So thank you, Tanya Nebo, 
principal attorney at Nebo Law Firm LLC in Atlanta for being a guest on the 321 Biz Development Podcast. Individuals and business owners can visit Tanya at www.nebolaw.com. That's www.nebolaw.com. Or you can call Tanya at 404-635-6326. So thank you, Tanya. You got it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, yes. And listeners can visit 321bizdev.com or one of the 22 podcast platforms to hear this episode and others. I want to thank you, Tanya, and make it a great day. You do the same. All right. Thank you. Take care.